Hey there, Filled With Messages listener. Thanks for stopping on by today. You're about to listen to a sermon entitled No Offenses in God's Family, which has a little bit to do with Zeus and a lot to do with the way Jesus tears down the various types of fences that come between us in God's church so that we can rise strong and be an amazing church where God feels completely at home. A note of apology, the audio in this particular sermon is not super great. Thanks for your patience and for sticking with it as you listen in. Eight years ago this week, I was in Singapore visiting friends. The last night of my trip, my host insisted we go to the Singapore Zoo Night Safari. There's only one problem. I hate zoos. I just don't get why you want to look at animals in captivity. But apparently this is one of Singapore's not to be missed attractions, so off we went. What I didn't know about this particular zoo is that there aren't any fences or cages. Animals from six geographical zones live side by side in peace and harmony. There's some landscaping that generally keeps the animals in their habitats, but technically there's nothing inhibiting the wallabies from wandering into tiger territory. There's also nothing to keep the lions away from the humans. I'm not kidding you even one little bit. A tram drives you right up to all the lions and they just ignore you. But still, it's a little disconcerting to be as close as I am to Jake as to a lion with no fence or barrier between you and it. I promise you, it's not an experience I need to have again. In the verses preceding today's text from Ephesians, Paul highlights how there are sometimes barriers between God's people. In the Ephesian church, the fences had to do with race and ethnicity. But, Paul writes... Jesus has destroyed any barriers between those who love God and seek to live in ways that reflect God's love and goodness in the world. Because of Jesus, we, are, we have barrier-free access to God's love and the Spirit's guidance in our lives. Therefore, we should all live without fences between those of us who are part of God's family. And that's where we pick up today's text. Here are God's words from Ephesians 2. So now you are Gentiles. So I'm sorry, excuse me. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Will you pray with me? God, open our ears and our hearts and our minds now to hear your spirit speaking to us. Show us who you are calling us to be. Show us how you are calling us to grow so that we can better reflect your love and your light in this world. Amen. Have you ever thought about what really brings a church together? What glues a church together? Why do some churches seem to thrive while others no stive? What's the real reason we hang out here week after week after week together? 
I mean, each of us could make a list about why we attend St. Peter, and we could come up with one gigantic one altogether, and yeah, there would be a whole lot of cross-referencing, and it would be an interesting diagram with lots of lines and agreements and stars and likes. But ultimately, at least according to the passage, the pages of Scripture, what has to join us all together is Jesus. If we want to be the church God wants us to be, if we want to enjoy all of the blessings that we can experience when we're following God, if we want our community and our world to experience all of the blessings that come when we are following God, then everything we do has to come down to Jesus. Because it's Jesus who shows us what God's love really looks like. It's Jesus who gives us a vision of how we can bring God's kingdom here to earth as it already is in heaven. It's Jesus who calls us to go and help everyone see God's light in their lives. It's Jesus who gives us his spirit to comfort and guide us. It's Jesus who fills us with hope when life is overwhelming and exhausting and confusing and terrifying. And let's be honest, friends, most of the time, life is overwhelming and exhausting and confusing and terrifying. But even though that's the call of Scripture, even though that is the call of God that our church is supposed to be grounded in Jesus, it's not easy to do. In part, it's difficult because hanging out with other people can be hard. I know I'm about to shock you, but not all people think exactly the same way you do or enjoy the same things you do or even have the same values you do. Additionally, people are weird and sometimes pretty annoying, present company excluded, of course. (coughs) While we're at it, making a list of things that are annoying about people, most people are pretty self-centered. So perhaps we should just throw our hands in the air and say, forget this whole church thing. After all, lots of people believe in God and don't go to church. The church in Ephesus, to whom this book Paul was writing, was having similar thoughts. Maybe it was too hard to be a church with people from a wide variety of backgrounds. Maybe there should be a church for folks from Jewish backgrounds and a church for folks from non-Jewish backgrounds, and never the twain shall meet. But Paul insisted that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Sure, it's easier. There might be less work involved to be a church with lots of different people from differing backgrounds and ideas and points of view. But that's not the way God has called his family to work. God wants us to all hang out together because when we're together, we're stronger. When I am weak, you can be strong. When I see the world only from my world viewpoint, your viewpoint opens up new vistas to me. When you struggle to have faith, I can encourage you to keep trusting God. While my resources are limited together, our resources can shine God's light much brighter in our church, in our community, in our world. Not only does God want us to be all together because it's good for us and helps God's love be shared more powerfully and poignantly, but God has given us the tools to live and work together as a church as well. In particular, God gave us Jesus. Paul explains in the verses leading up to today's passage from Ephesians that Jesus himself is our peace. Jesus is the one who comes into any barriers that try to get in the way of God's people being together as family. 
Jesus is the one who comes and takes down brick by brick any dividing walls that make it hard for us to work alongside of people in the church who are different than us, who annoy us, who have opinions that are counter to ours. Jesus is the one who makes it possible for all of God's people to live without any fences. Part of the way he did this is by leveling the playing field. Paul writes, he came and preached peace both to you who were far away and those who you, of you who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. In other words, no matter who we are or where we are on our life's journey, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If we are from families who are the founders of this place, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If we didn't grow up with any Christian background, we, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If we are rich or poor or in between, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If we have tidy lives or if we have messy lives, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If we are young or old or in between, Christ came and offered us God's peace. If our mental health is stable or if our mental health is a mess, Christ came and offered us God's peace. And not only did Christ come and offer God's peace to all of us, no matter what, but we can know God's love and know we are cherished by God because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There's nothing we have to do, no background we can come from, that enables us to know just how much God loves us other than allowing Jesus to work in our lives by the power of his Holy Spirit. Paul continues, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds us all together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. God wants to join all of us at St. Peter together. He wants to fit us brick by brick, stone by stone, without fences to this amazing place, this amazing people who in amazing ways share God's goodness and love with all those who desperately need to hear it. But in order for God to do this, we have to make Jesus the cornerstone. He is the only thing that can truly keep us all together. And if we make Jesus the bottom line of our faith and life together here, then we will rise and become a place where God lives by his spirit. I hope that idea, the idea of us rising and becoming a place where it is totally obvious that God lives, I hope that idea inspires you. It is my prayer for us this year and always that we will rise from our foundation in Jesus and be a place where it is totally obvious to anyone who walks through our doors that God and God's Spirit live here. We have to do our part to make that happen, too. We have to make sure Jesus really is the foundation of all our life and work together. When we're gathered for a meeting or a class or a discussion, we need to ground our time in prayer. When we are making decisions, we need to ask Jesus to give his Holy Spirit's wisdom and guidance to us. Also, we need to honestly consider whether we are reconstructing fences that Christ has torn down. Are there people in our church whose differences you allow to come between you and them? Are there old hurts and wounds that you need to let go of? 
Are there people in our church family whom you need to ask forgiveness? Do you have an attitude about someone or maybe a group of folks in our church which you need to change? Do you need to let go of what you want so that others can grow in their faith? All of these ideas are potential barriers which get in the way of us truly being the family God wants us to be. These fences creates us and them situation in our midst, and with that mentality, we cannot shine God's light as brightly. We cannot rise as strong as God wants us to. To be fair, not all of us are going to be best friends all the time. While fences need to be torn down, healthy boundaries keep us safe. Just like there are some, some landscaping barriers in the Singapore Zoo night safari, sometimes we need some low-level hedges between ourselves and others for various reasons. But a soft hedge is not a high fence. We need to prayerfully ask Christ to help us see the difference. May St. Peter become like the night safari. May we be filled with animals from a lot of different backgrounds, for we are infinitely stronger and more interesting and more beautiful when we are diverse. May we all live together in the peace we receive from Jesus and allow him to tear down fences between us over and over and over again, for fences are easy to construct and much harder to destroy. And may we all be held together by Jesus' peace so we can rise strong as individuals and and as a community and become a dwelling place for God and God's spirit so that all may come to know God's incredible love and peace. Amen. Well, friends, thanks again for listening to Filled with Messages. Uh, Just in case you're wondering, at one point I quote from Ephesians, and that's message translation in case you want to look it up yourself. As you go about your day, may God's grace and peace surround you.